Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Let's stay standing. And for a final time in uh, 2022 Revival Fire Night, can we give the loudest shout of praise to our King Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the year. Thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you for the lives saved, the bodies healed, and souls delivered in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Grab your seats. You know, it, 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 it wouldn't be fitting to host the final Revival Fire Night without having a glimpse and taste of a revival tonight. Amen. I think the worship team has done an amazing job leading us into the presence of God. But I sense that uh, God wants to do something quite powerful tonight, quite different. And let's turn to Scriptures. Revelations 3, the Word of God. What do we do when the Word of God is open? Jesus Himself. We celebrate the Word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain forever. Amen. It says this, the dead church. Just an encouraging word, you know, the dead church. <laughs> and to the angel of the church in Sardis write, by the way. Um, th- this word isn't a reflection of uh, this church, our church. I-, I-, I sense, you know, I've been around churches many different years, over 20 plus years. This is one of the most hungry, passionate churches with uh, a lot of authenticity and, and uh, hunger for God, but I sense this word from God to not become apathetic, to not become so used to uh, what we have here, to not become so complacent and, and make things very common. So if it's okay with you to, uh, to bear with me with this word and, and to heed it as a word for us to step into next year with more hunger than ever before. Not to rest on our laurels and, and just say, yep, you know what, that's just, uh, we're almost at the tip of revival, but I'm just going to settle here. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you can have the, the cake with the option of icing, but you're like, you know what, the, the chocolate mud itself is good enough. I, I don't want to wait for the icing. I, I don't know, it's just the icing on top kind of analogy. But Revelations 3, it says this. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name, that you have name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast. Thank you team for the scriptures up there. Hold fast and repent. Therefore if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white. For they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out 
his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Heavenly Father, I pray that you just uh, help me deliver this word that you've provided. Help our spirits just uh, be more on fire like never before. Help us hunger and thirst and not settle, God, not settle for what you've already done, but let's, let us hunger for more of you and what you want to do in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. This church was known to be alive. It had a reputation to be alive, one that would do the right thing, that looked the part, that said the right things, did the right things, and it had a reputation about them, as it says in Scriptures, what they say about you, that you are alive in verse 1, but you are dead. I think it's a holy warning from God to not let our church, not let ourselves individually to present well, to look the part, talk the part, seem the part, smell the part, but yet we're dead on the inside. Jesus talked about how there is the, the Pharisees, Matthew 23, 27, Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like white tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. I think it's easy for movements and, and churches to really go into cruise control, to really just think, you know what, we've got a pattern, we've got a method, we're, we're just going to follow our man-made methods and man-made patterns because it's worked for one season, so therefore it should work for the next. That's where religion sets in, that's where we've seen moves of God in previous uh, denominations and in, throughout history where perhaps you, there was a great move of God, an authentic move of God, but what people got used to and comfortable with was a method. And so what, they, what came about as a genuine move of God, now people formulate, now people put into practice a method that is tried and tested by God is saying, I want you to move this way. When Jesus healed the sick, He didn't always come with the same method. When He healed a blind man, for instance, at one point He, he spat in the mud and, and he put it on a man's eyes. When he healed a, a leper, he, he, he didn't spit in the mud and then rub it on, so on, on the le leprosy, on the skin. Like, you know, this solution works. A bit of mud on your leprosy, a bit of a natural mud solution, and your leprosy will go. No, he, he moved in many different ways. He, he would tell people to, uh, to go at your word, at, with that faith, he said to the centurion, your servant is healed just by the word, not even having to be present in the room. So we see that we serve a God that is not always the same. Though, yes, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His nature is the same. He's always loving. He's always caring. He's omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing. But His methods aren't always necessarily the same. And if we're not careful, we can become like the church in Sardis, where we have a reputation for being alive, 
but eventually just become dead on the inside. It's like a marriage that has become stale. A, a, a marriage where, you know what, I'm just going to go do my usual thing. It's a bride that, that just knows what to cook, meatloaf Mondays, taco Tuesdays, what's it, wedges Wednesdays. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's not spicy, if I can say. It's not it's full of sizzle. You know, I'm in charge of the cooking on Mondays because it's my day off and we call it, um, what do we call it? Madness, Monday madness since lockdown. Jess, my beautiful wife, creative wife, uh, during lockdowns we had a lot of fun. Hated it at the same time. It was really good for family time. There was Starbucks days. There was dress to the nines pizza nights. There was uh, meat free Monday. I didn't enjoy them as much. And then lately, it's just been Filipino food Mondays. <laughs> but God is mixing up things. He's wanting to do things that have been prophesied, promised that our nation will experience a great move of God like never before. They will usher in a revival that this world will, will experience that will bounce around the different cities of this nation and their neighboring countries. But we, we don't bring in revival through man-made attempts, methods, planning. It's not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. And by His Spirit, we are led. Those who are led by the Spirit shall be called, called sons and daughters of God. God moves in different miraculous ways. So I actually don't feel to preach too long tonight. I felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit and had a vision that we're going to, really flow with words of knowledge and prophetic words and healings tonight to really just open it up. And in fact, one of our beloved church members in the wee hours of this morning had a dream to confirm this word that I got last week. And no one knows, this is the first time I'm talking about it publicly, but the dream was the church in general, not fire church, but the church in general was too structured for the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit wanted to move but we've structured him out. The church in general have created these patterns, these methods where they have said, we're going to move in this way. The Holy Spirit's saying, I want to move in this way, but you're not letting me. And he's not going to force his way in to stubborn hearts who want hungry. God responds to hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's easy to become the religious experts to say, yeah, we've, we've done it. We've had our, our conferences. We've had our, our revival fire nights. But God's saying there's more. There's way more in store. So He's, he's creating and carving out, I hope, I know, I pray, a hunger in us like never before. That there's going to be seasons of fasting where you're going to be so in tune with the Spirit and the voice of God that you're also going to be prompted to act and not just be tickled with your ears and say, oh, it was nice to hear that prompting. Oh, that person shared the prophetic word that I had. That, that kind of confirmed it. They go on, you, you guys do it. I'll just observe from the background, but 
God is stirring your spirit to move. God is stirring your heart to act. God is looking for people who have got a passion and a hunger to put their hands on the plough. And yes, in teams here, but more than that, in being obedient to what God has called them to, whether it's a particular area of study, a particular area of business, whatever it is that you're involved with, that God has asked you to put your hand to the plough. But you get that when you're close with Him. You know, um, physical growth in our physical stature is just a matter of time. You, you don't get a, uh, a center basketball player at the age of two. That little boy needs to grow up to be a full-grown teenager at six foot two. I'm prophesying over my son, at least six foot two. I'm six, just six foot. He can be taller than me. He's already better looking than me. He, he admits that too. But growing physically is, is, is a matter of time. Growing in our, um, in our knowledge is a matter of learning. But growing spiritually is a matter of obedience. Yeah. It's knowing His Word and then acting on it. Yeah. it it's, it's knowing the voice of God, hearing the prompts, even the, the littlest, tiniest voice, and being obedient to it and acting on it, even if it looks silly. I, I remember after getting prayer from, from um, Pastor John and Carol Arnott, the Toronto Blessing guys, I studied their life a little bit. And they said they'd just come back from uh, Brazil, just before coming to Australia. They're from Canada. It was Melbourne, Indonesia, where they first started to do revival meetings over 30 years ago. Prior to that, it was Brazil. And they said, in Brazil, it, it's revival like they've never seen before. It was fire like they'd never experienced even in Canada, although Canada was quite amazing. I mean, for, for those, that couple who started this revival that lasted for over five years and over, how much was it about? Over 250,000 people saved. And you see uh, movements like Bethel Birth, Iris Global, Flourish and Multiply. These two people had said, Brazil was another level. And they investigated, they, they found out why. There was 80 leaders that went to the Toronto Blessing at one point and they received prayer for three hours on end. Fire of the Holy Spirit out on the floor. Fire, fire, fire. And they just kept prodding them with more of the fire of God. I've received that prayer directly from Pastor Carol and John. What an honour, what a privilege. But you know what they did beyond just receiving prayer? They took it back home and they were obedient to the move of God. And when, when they investigated, when they, when they experienced the Brazil revival, which is currently still happening now, it, it, it is so fiery in Brazil to the point that the, the Send Movement prayer gathering filled out a stadium within, I think, an hour of selling tickets. They quickly moved within a few days to book out two more stadiums, two extra stadiums booked out within a few hours itself. 
That's how hot it is in Brazil in the spirit. But this is the reason why. They investigated, they asked the leaders, and they looked around, and they asked Holy Spirit directly as well. Why is Brazil so on fire for you, God? And Holy Spirit said, they're not ashamed of my move. They're not ashamed of when I manifest in different ways, that there'll be people on the ground crying, shrieking, getting full deliverance. In some ways, the West gets a little bit embarrassed of a move of God like that, that we become a little bit self-conscious. When in fact, in the Word, you see that God would move in so many different ways that it doesn't really matter anymore how we present and how we look, that priests couldn't even stand in the presence and the glory of God when His presence entered the room. They had to be on the floor. They, they couldn't move an inch. They, they weren't even tempted to pick up a, a microphone and sing or get an instrument, a triangle and start, cling, cling, cling. It was the holy fear of the living God in the room that God would ask us to do something spectacular, amazing, powerful, and sometimes it's just a simple obedience of responding and not being ashamed of it. That they weren't ashamed of the move of God, that they weren't ashamed of preaching the gospel, of being obedient to God over man. Kind of sounds like the early church, doesn't it? The Acts church. Second Timothy 3.5, it says, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I don't want to just be a church or a group of believers that have the form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof because we're afraid of what it's going to look like. We're afraid of how it's going to present. We're afraid ourselves, of, am I going to look like a fool in receiving? Am I going to look like a fool in being laid out on the carpet and being on my knees in worship? God is looking for the hungry. God is looking for the hungry. God is looking for those who are willing to remain pure. He is the merciful God. His mercies are new every morning. Everyone's sinned in this room. I've sinned. We've all sinned. But God is looking for a bride that's going to be remaining faithful forevermore. I said it earlier this morning that when we walk down the aisle to meet the Lord, it's like a bride walking down the aisle to meet her groom, forsaking the world, forsaking everyone else, but being committed to the groom. At some point in our walk, perhaps we've been unfaithful, but God is that good God. God is that merciful God that he's saying, today is a new day. He's looking for those whose garments are white. We can't make it white ourselves. It's only him. It's only by the blood of Jesus that he washes us clean. But today is a new day that he's looking for those. Like in Jude 23, some have compassion, making a, a distinction, but others save, save with fear, pulling others out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. God doesn't want his bride living in the flesh, but living according to the Spirit of God. They're not, we're not led by their flesh. 
when I preached this morning about forgiveness and offence, offence in Scriptures in the Greek is scandalon. It's another word for bait. The enemy knows how to bake you into offence, to stay in offence. It's the easiest thing the enemy can use to thwart you off your assignment. Offence. He's been doing it for over 6,000 years. He knows exactly. I went fishing, I said this earlier today. I went fishing with Ryan and, and Zach and just knowing what lures to use to catch trout at Devil's Bend. Terrible name, but a lot of fish there. Trout and EPs. And then I, I just, I'm a newbie. These guys are pro. I went, boom. And it came back around. This lure, the hook just went through my thumb. And I thought I can just get it out easily. I go, oh, goodness, this hurts. I can't get it out. Those things are barbed. They're designed to latch on. They had to cut a part of it and then weave it out of my thumb. Just for some nice detail for you all tonight. But it's like that with offense. It's like that with the enemy. If we're not on guard, if we're not sensitive to a move of God, valuing higher a move of God over the hurts that are leveled our way, Jesus said, it is impossible that offences won't come. They will come. And what will thwart a move of God and throw off a move of God is offence. I've seen over the years that great moves of God are dismantled through disunity, through offence, through unforgiveness. But God is raising up an Acts type of church who are found in the upper room in prayer and in one accord. And when we are in one accord, just like the upper room church, we saw the Holy Spirit come in and move like never before, not being ashamed of His move. Speaking in tongues, even being labelled as drunkards. And Peter would say, no, it's not the case. It's only nine o'clock. Dan Murphy's is not open. <laughs> it's because of what was prophesied through Joel that in the last days, my spirit will be poured out on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And speaking of, can I just ask you, yeah, thank you, Dorcas. Lynette, can you come up? Lynette is so prophetic. She gave, can I, can I just share a few parts of your word, Lynette? She gave me this Christmas card. Jess was wearing a black shirt this morning and she uh, changed into a red top. I changed into a red top, checking shirt over there with my red shoes. And the first thing Lynette wrote, the red door, the path through Jesus' blood, the red door. That's amazing. She's always on point. She knew my message this morning before I even preached it. She goes, I have a word from God for you. It's about forgiveness. I go, oh, perfect. That's exactly what God's prepared. And I felt just following the promise of the Holy Spirit. Lynette, I think you have a word for us. Okay, um, I feel to do three things. One, Lord, I pray that You impart into the people in this church a new level of being able to accept Your prompting, of hearing Your voice and being able to be guided by Your Spirit. I pray, Lord, that those that have never heard You or seen into the spiritual realm will be able to do this and You will have encounters. I pray that as the tidal waves of, of the future come to us, that You will go forward, 
not in a case of defence, but from victory. You will take an occupied territory, both in physical and spiritual territories. And each time that you come before the Lord and bow before Him, make sure He has the glory. Could just stay there, Lynette. Can I call upon um, Pastor Lee Wong? Just being led by the Spirit here. Robin Island, Nat Dat Nat Nat Dornell, Dat Noah, Kirsten Weston, Gina. What's going to flow a little bit here, Tyler? Just whatever you sense from Holy Spirit right now. Word of knowledge, prophetic word, word of wisdom, healing. Yeah, come on, Lee. I've got a word for the soul realm. Like word of knowledge can go for the physical, <clears throat> but it can be for the soul as well. So I feel like there's someone that's, um, that wants to walk strongly for God, but they really feel like they're too broken to walk towards God. And then what I see as I'm praying into that, I saw a cork around the heart and it's preventing the wine of the joy of the Lord from flowing out. And so we're going to call you to come forward if you are brave enough to also face some of the, the issues because some of the pains in our heart is, is from having pain and then running away from it. But the wine of the Lord is when, you, when you're joyful. I think someone was telling me recently about how you know, when you're full of the Spirit of God, full of joy, that when people insult you, it doesn't matter. And the same thing as well with, with God, where I believe God was, wants to uncork the wine of the joy of the Lord out of your heart so that you, the, it will anesthetize, it will dull the pain of the trauma. So if that's, if that's really speaking to you and you want to come forward for prayer, please stand up and come forward. Um, I just, I was driving here and I felt like the Lord said that He He wants to increase the fear of the Lord. The, the Bible says the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of God. And um, I just felt like the Lord said He wants to bless us with, His, with the fear of the Lord. If we've been overwhelmed by the, with the fear of man in any way, that He wants to bless us tonight with His fear. God just um, prompted me. Someone was ripped away from their parents when they were young. And they're finding it very difficult to make relationships and to feel security. God's saying two things. One, that your security is in God and your family is the family of God and you are accepted. But also that you need to forgive the people that ripped you away from your parents and that you need to know that God has a, a very big destiny for you, especially with people that have been wounded. Um, the Lord had Matthew 6, um, 30 to 36, I think it is. 
um, which I read out before, and it's about anxiety about tomorrow and uncertainty, but it goes further than that. Um, I really feel it. You know, we've got to declare a war against um, all anxiety and depression. So Lord wants to heal anxiety and depression right now. So we're going to believe, I'm going to believe for you. You're going to declare and speak to this anxiety to leave in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw hips. I just saw a picture of hips. So if anyone has hip injury or um, even dislocation or disjointed, um, come and receive prayer. And the second thing I saw was similar to yours. Um, I saw a serpent around someone's heart and it's like this anxiety was actually strangling someone's heart. And, and um, the Lord said to me, it could be anxiety. Um, so if, if you have um, any issues with anxiety or depression, um, come and receive prayer for that. And then the third thing I saw is I actually saw, I saw someone jumping on um, almost like this trampoline. And the Lord was saying that it was a launching pad. And the Lord has, um, he's, 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 he's waiting to send you and He's waiting for you to jump. Um, and He's providing the launching pad for you. broken he can fix it doesn't matter what it looks like doesn't matter what you're going through doesn't matter how big it is doesn't matter how minute it is if it's broken he can fix it God's love is like stitches that mend things that are broken God's love is like a balm that you put on a wound you know what I'm saying God's love is available for every single one of you today. You're not alone. Doesn't matter what the battle looks like today, you're not alone. God is with you. Greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. So if you're going through something today, I wanna encourage you, come and, come and get some prayer. Come and position yourself to be amongst the body of Christ in unity because that's what the Kingdom's about. Each and every one of you, working in your gifting, doing what you're called to do. And sometimes we could just step out of our comfort zone and come up the front and get some prayer so that the leaders and other people in our church can pray for you, lift you up, encourage you, whatever it looks like. But if you're broken and you're in this place today, you're in the right place because Jesus Christ loves you. And the King of Kings is here, the Holy Spirit is here. And He wants to go to work in your heart today. It doesn't matter what it looks like. If you're broken, let Him fix it. Let Him bring healing to whatever chapter of your life you're trying to avoid looking at today. Holy Spirit wants to touch your life. He wants to transform you today. Don't miss the moment. Jesus loves you. <laughs> let Him fix it. Hallelujah. So good. Let's all stand to our feet. 
If any of those words that was uh, spoken resonates with you right now, can I invite you to come to the front? God responds to hunger. God responds to humility and honesty right now. And for everyone else, remain in your seat. This is not a time to become passive, but we're going to engage in prayer. Let's just stretch out our hands to our brothers and sisters here at the front. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your words of life, your words of comfort, and yes, even correction, Lord. For you love those that you discipline, God. And if you didn't love us, Lord, you wouldn't just, you wouldn't even care. You just leave us alone. But God, you love us so much to see the best come out of us right now in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Lord, for your power to heal, your power to transform. Let's just stretch out our hands to our brothers and sisters right now. Let's just believe for a move of God in their lives, for healings to take place in their bodies in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for healing right now over every person that is in need in this room. Jesus, I thank you. If you need healing in your body, can I just get you to raise up your hand? You might still even be in your seat, which is okay. If you need someone with... Keep your hands up. If you need someone with hands, in, raise, the, raise the God right now. Can, you, can I just get you to gather around them and just pray? Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your healing power right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we bind the spirit of infirmity. We bind the spirit of cancer. We bind the spirit of depression, anxiety. In Jesus' name, we command it to leave and go right now in Jesus' mighty name. We command full healing to these bodies, to these minds in Jesus' mighty name. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. I sense someone's crying out for better vision. God, bring 2020 vision like You've done many, many times before. Thank You, Heavenly Father. Set the captives free in their minds right now in Jesus' mighty name. Set them free. Set them free. Set them free, God, from offence, from bitterness, from unforgiveness right now. In your heart of hearts, if that's you, if you're struggling to let go of a hurt, I encourage you to listen to that word from this morning. But right now, if you know you need to let go, that bait of Satan that has got you, it hasn't, you're not holding captive your offender. You're actually trapped right now and you know you need to loosen those chains. Loosen that bait that has held you back all these years. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank You, Lord, for Your Spirit that is here, that is present to set the captives free. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Freedom, healing, deliverance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Yes, God, do that deep work. More, Lord, more, 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 more. More, God, more. Let's continue praying, interceding right now. Our sense is a hunger for revival. Our sense is hunger for revival. Our sense is a hunger for revival. You're watching online, you're in the room and you want to see God move. But if you're honest, you're comfortable. 
we find ourselves in places like that. Because you know there is a cost to revival. One of our interns who studied the uh, Brownsville revival, John Kilpatrick said this, these words, the cost of revival remains the same. It never goes on discount. The cost of revival remains the same. It will never go on sale. Count the cost right now. Count the hunger that it will take, the obedience that it will take, the sacrifice that it will take, but then also count the glory that God will come down in your lives, in meetings, to see lives transformed, healings like we've never seen before take place. Count it all right now. Count all that and ask yourself, am I willing to shake off comfort? Am I willing to shake off convenience to see a mighty move of God that I can take part in, that, say, that I can say, yes, I counted the cost and I took the risk and God came through. And if that's you right now, let's raise your hands right now to heaven and say, Heavenly Father, I've counted the cost and I'm hungry for revival. We're ready for revival, God. Have your way in this place. Have your way in our hearts. Revival starts in our hearts, Lord. And we give you a complete surrender. We yield to you, God. No matter how it looks, no matter how embarrassing it looks to the world. God, if you want to move, then move. Even if it, if it makes me look like a fool. I want a genuine move of God in my family, in my life, in my workplace, in my church. God, we're not settling. We're not settling, God. Have your way, God. Have your way. Keep stirring it up. Keep stirring it up. The Lord wants to move. The Lord wants to move in so many great ways. He's just waiting. He's waiting. The eyes of the Lord wander to and fro the earth. Looking for those hearts whose hearts are fully set on Him to make Himself known and strong on their behalf. He is looking. He is looking. Are you willing to lay down your life for the Gospel of Jesus? Are you willing to lay down your comfort to see God move like, never move like He's never moved before? He's that consuming fire, that all-consuming fire, like Moses before the bush. But know that you're not going to be burnt out, the Lord says. Because it's not by your own strength, not by your own power, but it's because of His Spirit. And if you're hungry in this room for Holy Spirit to take over your life, to not fear what's to come, to not fear a move of God, not fear success, that it's not going to take you out or your family. Let's just say, God, we're hungry for you. We give you permission to move in our hearts, in our lives. Let living waters flow out of us right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, 
head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.